from the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is the Relevant Podcast. It's week of Friday, November 20th, 2015. Good Thanks energy. Relevant podcast. It was a hot start. <laughs> I'm Cameron Strang, and this week's show is brought to you by Parachute, the online luxury bedding brand based in Venice Beach. They've created a line of everyday bedding essentials to enhance your sleep. Sheets, pillowcases, duvet inserts, oh, no, cashmere blankets, and even candles. Whoa. Cashmere okay. blankets? Parachute's bedding is premium quality and toxic-free, meaning there are no harmful chemicals or synthetic finishes used, unlike those Target knockoffs. Don't even get me started on that. Their sheets are made of 100% long-staple Egyptian cotton. Mm. The What's best that? in That's the world. The I don't know, but it's the best in the world. That's it what is. they tell us. They're manufactured in a mill in Tuscany that's been weaving bedding for nearly 80 years, and then they're shipped to your door. It's a direct-to-consumer model, meaning Parachute cuts out the licensing and distribution fees so you can experience luxurious bedding for less. I'm actually really into this. I know, right? I hate the sheets on our bed right now. Here's the other deal. Parachute also gives back in a big way. This is important to us. We love companies that do this. Mm -hmm. Uh, They partner with the United Nations Foundation's uh, Nothing But Nets campaign to deliver life-saving malaria prevention bed nets to those in need. The most beautiful malaria prevention nets you've ever seen. Long staple Egyptian cotton (laughs) bed nets. Built and they're in Tuscany by like, you know, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants and it's just a really (laughs) beautiful scene. Go to parachutehome.com slash Relevant and parachute will give you free shipping on your first order with uh, with Relevant. I'm very interested. In yeah, this. I'm very. Me too. Like I said, I'm your host Cameron. Here with me in our Orlando studios, there's Eddie Big Cat Coffle. Cameron, nice to see you, buddy. You as well. Yes. Over on the ones and twos, our illustrious producer Jeremiah Dunlap. Great to be here from Portland, Oregon, sitting in a closet. Joy Agrich. Present. She's literally sitting in the closet. We're trying, we create a vocal booth for her in her closet. Yeah, I've never been at this angle looking up at all my hair products and medicines and what have you, oils. Medicines, yeah. What kind of closet is this? Interesting woman. It's a, what do they call them? A A a, closet. A beauty closet. A beauty closet. And over there, yeah, just keep going. And over there on the uh, iPhone uh, headphones mic from Nashville, Tennessee, Tyler Huckabee's joining us. Uh, Welcome, Tyler. Sup, nerds. you forget something? So why is Tyler on instead of Jesse? Jesse has been on the Apocalypse. show more than I have. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse Carey this morning welcomed his baby daughter to the world. Oh my Yay. goodness. Sent us a picture. Cute kid. Has anyone ever actually been on this show without Jesse? I've never been on the show when Jesse hasn't been on the show. I'll tell you this. I've I've I, been on the I've had the show canceled when Jesse can't be on the show. <laughs> and we were just like, oh yeah, we'll do it tomorrow when Jesse can be on, which makes sense. Because like <laughs> it's already terrible. Does, Par- <laughs> Does Parachute know Jesse's not on the show? Parachute's on the line right now. They wanna- <laughs> right? <laughs> That's funny. Not interested. I I, I don't I, yeah, like if I'm traveling or if I'm whatever, fine, the show must go on. But if Jesse can't make the show, we reschedule or cancel. Right. And I'll tell you what I'm actually Actually, and this is legitimate. What I'm actually worried about with not having Jesse on the show is like, I think we'll keep the conversation going. We'll do a good job. The little yuck yucks and all that stuff. Everybody here. I'm nervous about when we get going on something we shouldn't. And yeah. Jesse does the, uh, hey, pump, hey, hey, we're talking 
about I mean, pump the brakes, big cat. Or <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. talking about real people here, or that kind of that moment of you know humanity. He does the slight head tilt down and just kind of does a little shake like that. Right? Yeah, <laughs> his, his his humanity is helpful to us. Jeremiah, that's your role now. Yeah, you have to have the conscience. So, 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 ho- 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 hold on, hold on. What <laughs> what you're saying is, yeah. <laughs> Eddie. So let me. You know, you're talking about an actual person right now, right? <laughs> I can just do like a secret word, like pump the brakes, big cat. Yeah, just a little. Wait, yeah. Uh, today on the show, we have it's really cool. Okay, so the show started off, and you heard Christmas music, and some of you are incredulous right now. You I just am. hit stop. I can't even listen to this I for am. another week. I am infuriated. I'm mad. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Um, we do 51 I, shows a year, and that you. number 51 is actually just a recap, right? And mm-hmm. that's the week of Christmas. And yes. the week after Christmas, we don't have a show. That's right. And so that gives us only a few weeks to play Christmas music, yeah. which we all love Christmas music. I right. Do. Okay. I do. And here's the other interesting thing is this Friday, the day this show's going up, is the Friday before Thanksgiving, we are releasing the relevant Christmas collection, volume five. I can't wait to hear this. Yeah. And here's the deal. This is the first one Jeremiah's done. Yeah. Oh, and boy. Chad Michael Snavely's done the last four years. Yeah. And Jeremiah said, I have one goal, one goal only. Beat that guy. Yeah. <laughs> and Strictly by track count. I've had the same song on there like five times. Cameron. But, but we it, have like, what is it, 24 yeah, songs? Yeah, 24. Yeah, 24 songs. We split it up into part one oh, neat. and part two. And what's super cool is we had a lot of exclusive tracks on this record. Yeah, yeah. And and artists like Gunger and John Mark McMillan yeah. went into the studio and recorded original songs. Really? We have studio that. stuff. It is unbelievable yeah. the collection uh, that we are releasing today. Can you yeah. tell me some of the tracks? Like who's on it? And I mean, I guess who, not who's on it, but like what did they sing? Yeah, we've got uh, some really cool ones. We got Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors. We oh. have Andy Squires, who we'll hear later on the show today, did oh, an ori- original song and original performance for us. Uh, Gunger has a really cool song called Oh Light that's an original song oh. that they did with All Sons and Daughters. Oh my gosh. It's beautiful and amazing. We also have the other Gunger, The Brilliance, mm-hmm. uh, with some of his. Which uh, is how they like to be known. The, other, the other Gunger. Gunger. <laughs> yeah. And they both refer to the other one as the other Gunger. <laughs> right, yeah. Exactly. Which would be the OG. The yeah, OG. The OG, right. Yeah, Clever exactly. Joy. Well, Gunger is the OG. Yeah. And then. The other OG is, is the, the brilliance. Uh, we have a John Martin Mellon song. He does Joy to the World, a really cool arrangement of Joy to the I'm World. I'm going to just cry. Is um, it fast or slow the way he does it? Oh, of course it's going to be slow. A little, little, bit, of, oh little bit of both, I'd I'm going to really, It's kind of like really Adele. Cry. It's yeah. like Adele. Like, oh. starts slow, then goes, builds, and then... Yeah. We have uh, <laughs> Dustin Kensrue's band, The Modern Post, the singer of Thrice. Uh, oh. He's a worship leader now and has a really rad band. And Citizen Shade and Kids, Flory, Citizens and Saints. I can keep going. I mean, there's So uh, the album is available now at relevantmagazine.com slash the drop. And you can stream it there if you just don't want to have to click many things and just stream it. Or yeah. you can click and download the whole album, get the MP3s and stick it on your phone and take it with you and own it forever and ever. It's uh, it's our gift to you guys. Anybody from say like a like an earlier like '90s band that's still super relevant and is celebrating 20 years <laughs> of their release of Jesus Freak, <laughs> DC Talk. So so even though we're a week early, uh, yeah. we're a week early on playing the Christmas music on the show. It's because today the album's Joy. coming out. So throughout the show, mm-hmm. we will be on all the breaks. You're going to be hearing songs from the album. Yep. And actually, probably for the next three episodes, we'll be doing the same because yeah. we have so many. Yeah. Coming up on the show, we have. Uh, uh, a performance by two of the artists who did studio in our studio recordings. Uh, coming up later uh, is is uh, the artist Andy Squires, uh, yeah. who was just on the show last week. He did a Christmas song while he was here, and this is a big one. Jesus Culture's very own Kim Walker Smith oh, yes. is uh, is mm-hmm. on the show today doing a hauntingly beautiful yeah. Christmas song. Breathtaking. What do you call her? You just call her Kim. 
Just it's Kim. Yeah. It's her, the last name is Walker hyphen Smith. <laughs> cool, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> or KWS. Oh yeah, that's cool too. Yeah, she, she loves it. The OG KWS. Um, and also coming up, you know, this is a, a incredibly kind of difficult time for the world. Uh, in the last week, ISIS hit. Uh, yeah. I mean, had a huge explosion in Beirut and yeah. took a lot of lives. And then obviously, what happened in Paris over the mm-hmm. uh, last weekend. So coming up on the show, we have uh, Johnny Moore joining us, mm-hmm. who is uh, an accomplished author and expert about ISIS, and Eddie talks to him about Paris and Beirut yeah. and everything going on. I'm glad I get to talk to him, because I have way more questions than I have any... Uh, I just like I really, really want to know what's going on, and I'm really curious about his take on things. You, you're, you're in the middle of... I mean, people know we record this midweek. You're in the middle right now of finishing <laughs> up your column uh-huh. that you write every Wednesday on, on the site where you answer questions. And this week's question is actually... It's an incredible actually, column, you guys. It's and amazing. this week's uh, reader question is actually about Paris and kind of like what to think about all this. And you, as we were starting to record, you were like in the middle of this like theological wormhole. Right, that I, can't, mm-hmm. I cannot get out of. But I mean, I've, I, I, I keep trying to boil down the question to what is the essence of what you're asking and i feel as i'm continuing to write the essence is what where is anything that i can hang my hat on in this conversation where is god in this where was goodness in the midst of this like how what, why are why do bad things happen to good people where was god why did god right. let this happen and if and if i don't know an answer to that or if i can't have some sort of satisfactory uh kind of uh, realization about that. How do I walk out of my front door? And so I didn't intend for the answer to go there, but I, I'm, I'm deep in it now. So it's like the question was kind of like, I'm really sad about what happened about Paris. Mm-hmm. How you know, like, right. make me feel better almost. Right. And you're sitting there having to solve the eternal question of why do bad things happen <laughs> and, to good people? And maybe I shouldn't. Maybe it should be simpler and easier. Maybe I should go another route, but I did not go that route, and now I can't. I can't pull out of the tailspin. So <laughs> wish me luck. I only have like 300 words left. I got to yeah. figure out something quickly. So what's the answer? I think the answer is that God in his mysterious goodness has granted human beings the um, Blaise Pascal calls it the dignity of causality. God does things through us that he could easily do himself, but he equips his people to be the light of the world. And that is extremely unsatisfying for us, but it is also a call to action for us to do the work of being God's people on this earth. And so we wrestle with the tension of, God, why didn't you do anything? But then we also sit in the reality that God mourned with us, mourned death with us, and also says, now go and change the world. Yeah, so like, we sit in that tension and we sit in the middle ground and it's hard. And then I just like, why didn't God do anything? And he's saying, but I put you there. That's right. So you can go do something. That's right. And that is super unsatisfying, but also the answer. <laughs> so you, I, you be light. You yeah. you be the force of good to right. fight evil. You right. God can use you. Right. You're here for a reason. And when we talk, don't just wait for God to solve all the world's problems, right. and you sit back and watch. Mm-hmm. You get involved. You engage. And when we talk about you know things that happen in Paris or Sandy Hook or things in our own world, why did why did I lose my friend? Why does cancer happen? Why do these terrible things happen? There's this realization that we live in a dark and fallen world and God is present with us in it, but has also called us to action and to work and to do something. And I think on my best days, I believe that in my most honest days, I'm like, where the heck are you and what is going on? And so I think part of it too is us acknowledging that tension and being okay to be frustrated with God when stuff like this happens. So So then on that, Eddie, I mean, did you... All the controversy now of taking action and the refu- refugee issue. Are you addressing that in the article as well? 
You know, I'm I'm not just only because I feel like I'm always careful with the column not to open up 10 more questions. I just try to close yeah. the question that's there. But I, I do think there is a practical response. And it seems like one charitable practical response would be to accept refugees. The Bible is, I mean, listen, our site right now this week is blowing up because yeah. we had the audacity of running 12 scriptures where the Bible very explicitly talks about what to do about refugees. Yeah. We had the audacity of quoting the Bible on the internet. And, How dare you? And uh, yeah. the Bible is pretty clear that the Christian response to refugees is not a partisan political governor standing there. It is one of whether or not you are harmed. You are mm-hmm. to turn the other cheek and love, oh, yeah. love selflessly and welcome those who are hurting. The Bible is full of stories of people who are nomadic and homeless needing to be welcomed into a foreign yeah. country. Yes. I mean, and we as Christians are supposed to live this out whether or not our political party is advocating for it. Did you see that letter? You saw the letter from the Texas governor? Mm-mm. He basically wrote an open letter to the president saying Texas will refuse refugees because it was refu- Syrian refugees that caused this in Paris and we're not allowing them in our state. And so it has become this ridiculous aligning of ideologies around with different governors saying our state will or will not right. allow. It's like, you don't get to choose. But yeah, the government, I mean, that's just silly. It's posturing it and it's pointless because governors can't, you know, if a federal government has allowed immigrants into the country, states cannot block them at the border of the state. I mean, that's impossible. It's not helpful. You know, like, I, I mean, I don't care if it's Republican or Democrat saying this. It's just not practical or helpful and and, yeah. and and regardless of what the government is even saying or doing whether we agree or disagree with our government as Christians our response is actually supposed to be different the church mm. should be the har- safe harbor for those who are hurting and homeless yeah I mean that's the church's work who cares what the government's doing the church's work is to actually proactively go out well and and, and my, welcome refugees and my, I had a I had a friend who went so far as to say that it's part of our since it's part of our religion to welcome refugees since it's the Christian thing to do it's a religious freedom issue mm. if the government says that we can't do it then then Christians need to stand up for their rights as people who are who have freedom of religion in this country to continue to welcome refugees in because it's something that's very, very explicitly taught in, in every every strain of Christianity. I mean, and the crazy thing is I've spent time with yeah. Syrian refugees. I was in Lebanon where they were fleeing Syria and, and I was with families, okay? And who cares if they're Christian or agnostic or Muslim? These are just people. They're families. They're moms and dads and children and they're fleeing for their lives. Yeah. And, and so to say that refugees, Syrian refugees or any refugees are the issue, That, that uh, it's completely misguided. The issue is that there's a couple of bad people and there are some terrorists in every country, everywhere. So, I mean, our, it's a matter of acting against the terror operatives and it has nothing to do about a policy about refugees and people who are fleeing that terror. Right. We should be the place of safety for them. And it has to do with... The church, I us, mean. Right? No, I don't care about the country, but the church. Yeah, and it has to do with us acknowledging we live in a really scary, dangerous planet. There is no escaping it. There's no bringing refugees or rejecting them that's going to make it safer. No. It's do we choose to walk out of our front door and lean in? And I, I think we have, I mean, we have to. We can't cower behind this. We have to do something. But it's- so, Some of the people that were responding to Jesse's article, uh, the 12 Bible verses, was the Bible say about yeah. refugees, were literally saying like, Oh, you'll change your tone if your family got murdered by terrorists or by by these refugees. Right. Why would you ever say something like that? Right. Why would you say, okay, well, don't follow the Bible because of fear? The right. Bible is explicit about certain things. And you can't say, well, I don't know if something bad happened, didn't quite work out for me the way I want. Well, then I shouldn't follow the Bible. Yeah. And if something did happen, it's like, of course, he would be angry and just frustrated with God and maybe even... But- 
but it doesn't make those things not true. It doesn't make those verses not true. It just makes it a lot harder to understand and a lot harder to b- believe and lean into, but you still have to try. It's just such a ridiculous... Well, it's I the, can't believe people said that. It's the American Christian mindset can, of like, mean. it's the Mick Christianity where Christianity should be easy and it should fit in this nice little tidy box. But if you actually engage scripture and live this way, which is radical and it's backwards yeah. and it's countercultural and it's outward and not it's selfless, not selfish. It's everything counter the American ideal. If yeah. you actually engaged it, the whole, the whole thing, the me-centered Christian American mindset completely is counter to biblical Christianity. And that's what was exemplified in that comment. It's mm-hmm. like the Bible calls us to be or take a risk on God and love selflessly, even if you lose it all. Look at Job. You know, I mean, like the Bible is full of these stories and yeah. who cares? He could have, like he said, well, God, I love you, but I'm going to just going to kind of protect what's mine. Yeah. No, I'm going to obey because that's what you've t- called me to yeah. do. Jesus and apostles and I mean, Christians all throughout history. Like it is not an easy thing to do this work we have been called to, but we still have to do that. It comes back full circle then kind of to, to the conclusion of your article. And I think it's important. Which hasn't been written yet. <laughs> right. It give just, him, it, if you could give oh, him the conclusion. It actually just got written. <laughs> this is really helpful for my processing. I'll quote you. Joy said. <laughs> Yeah. For the conclusion of your article, here it is. Ready? <laughs> Push Take play. it away, Joy. You might want to use this. Feel free. I sign off. Um, no, but I think that's why it is so important um, for us to stay engaged and actually think theologically about these these things that maybe affect us, maybe only peripherally, um, mm. because then we have to say, what do I think about this? So that if it does happen to our immediate family, right. we can already have wrestled with how are we going to respond? How are we going to choose to view God in light of evil yeah you know and i think love takes two two twin like pillars that that we forget about with love our courage and wisdom Mm -hmm. and and they're both very difficult love isn't isn't super easy to do uh it takes courage you have to be brave because it's going to involve risk and and yeah there's going to be risk with taking in refugees that's a that there's a there's there a chance there could be somebody embedded in there who might want to do some harm in america sure there is and that's where you have to be wise as well you have to have wisdom and uh, and they're very very intelligent people working with the within our our system of taking in immigrants to make sure that there are there are screens in place and that we're vetting them. But but the fact that it's a challenge, the fact that it might take some courage and some wisdom to do it, is certainly not an excuse to just not do it to just refuse all of them. Absolutely. So that so coming up later on the show. Johnny Moore joins us to uh, talk about Paris, Mine's, ISIS, Beirut, and everything that's going on. Not to be insensitive, but it does remind me of the song In the Light by DC Talk from <laughs> the tw- Jesus Freak 20 years ago today. It all comes back to that. Seems how, how does that go? I don't remember it. Oh, how does it go? <laughs> Jeremiah, go get your guitar real quick, and we'll do the full... I wanna be, be in the light. <laughs> Gosh, shine, shine like the stars in the heavens. Whoa, I keep whoa. going. <laughs> oh, Lord, be my light. We are really good. We are so good. Anyhow, that's how it, Tyler took his headphones out. That is rude, Tyler. <laughs> you know what? You're off the show again. You just got a free concert. You go hang out with Calvin. <laughs> you go back to the dungeon. <laughs> well, a seamless transition, yeah. as we always aspire to do sure. here on the show. It's time for our look back at the week of culture and entertainment. It's time for... In case you missed it. Oh, boy. I don't even know how to... How are we going to do this with Tyler? Are we going to do like the last two months or since the tenure? Yeah, Tyler keeps his finger on the pulse. He oh, knows what's going on. I'm way ahead of you guys. <laughs> hey, Tyler, <laughs> can I ask you a quick question about your physical appearance? Yeah. Your hair looks darker. 
Did you ever lighten it, or what's going on, man? I got my hair dyed last night, Eddie. You didn't know. Yeah, I don't like I, to talk about it, but are you? You look like Brenda Starr. Right? <laughs> Who's Brenda Starr? An iconic comic book uh, heroine from the 1940s, where like known for iconic red how, hair. How did I not know that reference? That you was, didn't grow. Up, you didn't grow up with like. Do you want to? Do you want to say nerd, or should I say nerd? Yeah, you can do it, nerd. <laughs> Google <laughs> Brenda Starr with two R's. I don't disbelieve you. Hey, yeah. I ca- Superman is iconic. Yeah, yeah she's yeah. same era. Same era. Same era. Someone said I looked like the first April from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the redhead. Oh, with the yellow jumpsuit on. Now that's iconic. That I can get behind. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I don't want to mess up the segment, but I She was a reporter, and first of all, and if you Google, just Google... Google image search Brenda Starr. You know who else was a reporter? April O'Neil. I'm on. I'm on the April O'Neil train now. Yeah, April O'Neil. Starr's old news. Uh, okay. The uh, case we missed it. <laughs> twenty years later, you're talking about twenty years. Do 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 do. Uh, it's actually longer than twenty years. Uh, the the revival movement is is happening in full of in full force. It was announced this past week that Top Gun Two is happening. Oh, what's what? that theme song? Good one. <laughs> Good one. Just just because I want to see Cameron roll his head back, I have not seen Top Gun. <gasps> oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. I've never been less surprised. Oh yeah! Oh. There it is. This is cool. Yeah. Let's play volleyball. This is the volleyball team. Yeah, high fives. Uh, uh, hey, you uh, look uh, like uh Tyler looks like one of them. Uh, oh yeah, the, the, yeah. the bomb guy. Iceman. Oh, there it is. Oh, you do kind of look like Val Kilmer. Well, well, Iceman, Val Kilmer is the one who actually confirmed the news this week. It, uh, no. Are they all going to be like old instructors? Val and Kilmer needed this. Maverick is going to be like the instructor now with like the new class, and it'll be like Ryan Gosling and God knows who. Next movie. But the way they announced it, the way they announced it is actually Val Kilmer posted on Facebook that he's agreed to reprise his role as Iceman in the sequel. Of that, course he announced he's it. He's kind of gone crazy, I feel like, yeah. Val Kilmer. He's like, I did a Mark Twain thing on the, in theater four years ago, and <laughs> now I'm doing this. We don't know much else about the movie, but we know that Tom Cruise is involved, and we know be. that producer Jerry Bruckheimer is involved. So... Okay, I am excited about it. Though. And we also know that uh, super shorty short shirtless volleyball scenes are probably involved. So. Yeah. <laughs> All yeah. I want is like Jaden Smith to be the new Maverick. I know he has that's, to pass exactly. over. that's what you need. And then Limp, that's what they're going to do. And then have Limp Biscuit do a cover of Danger Zone. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> is exactly what Limp they're going to do. Oh yeah, Jaden Smith in the weekend as Iceman and Maverick. Now <laughs> they they have taken down the Russian. Who I don't know who they're fighting this. Time. Oh, yeah. I do dislike the idea of like. It's totally going to be like a Jaden Smith or somebody is like the new class of oh yeah whatever Michael B Jordan yeah. oh yeah Matt it'll be like be. Fantastic Four it'll be terrible I'd watch a Michael B Jordan and I would definitely watch a Jaden Smith <laughs> reboot of Top Gun <laughs> I'm gonna watch it no matter what I'll, let's be honest I'll be in the theater day one um, I'm already I'm on Fandango right now you know who's not happy about this is Anthony Edwards who will definitely not be in the second one Joy I don't want to give anything away but was Anthony Edwards in the first one. He was in the first one for a little Didn't while. Didn't the goose like fly into that plane that the hero had to pl- uh, the land in the Hudson? Like like Sounds the goose right. was out in the air. Yeah, or oh, geese maybe. Maybe there's, some, maybe there's something there. Like maybe he made it? No, no. I'm saying like goose, plane crash, death. Oh, that I, goose died. I understand. That goose died and there was a plane crash. That was too funny for me to understand. It, was just, <laughs> it, was, it wasn't formed yet. You did a great job. <laughs> there was a goose in the air, a plane crash. Right. He landed in the Hudson, Captain Sully, hero. Captain Sully, hero. 
He's an actual hero. Captain Sully. Now we're we're in Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman territory. (laughs) Something I also know a lot about. Can't wait for that reboot. Because Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman was his science curriculum for being homeschooled. Okay. (laughs) Joy, you really need to see Top Gun 1 and then come back and listen to this segment because you would be. I know. I'm not tracking at all, but I am thinking about how great Val Kilmer was in The Saint. I feel like that was maybe his last good film. I love The Saint. (laughs) I loved that movie. He had all those costumes. Yeah, he always looked like somebody else. He didn't know who he was going to be. Here's the thing, though. like We nostalgically love those movies, but those era of movies do not hold up. Don't take this from me, Cameron. No, 80s movies hold up. I just watched The Saint. Yeah. And it does not hold up. It does up. not hold up. Nin- 90s movies have another 10 years before we start yeah. to appreciate them again. Right now, they're j- it's too soon. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, movies are just better now. Yeah. It's yeah. kitschy, yeah. and you didn't know. I watched it on, I watched it on vacation, and I was super excited because it was my favorite movie as a kid. Yeah. And it is terrible. Yeah. It is rough. <laughs> I thought Val Kimmel was the coolest guy. He had a bunch of accents. Yeah. Yeah. It was, the same Wait, was... Why did why? Why didn't it hold up? Just because there's things that have been made with more... HD. It just how do you whatever makes a bad movie bad? It's those things. It's <laughs> right like it's right after eighties, so they're not doing like music montages, uh-huh. but they haven't figured out story and character development. And the cinematography, and so it's yeah. just yeah. kind of trash. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just yeah. this in between weird time. Yeah. And they were doing the best they could, but they did not know how to make a movie yet. <laughs> it's like the difference. Like uh, my favorite movie of that era was Tombstone, oh, and Tombstone yeah. still holds oh, up a little uh, totally better is. than most of them. It's right. But if you watch it against the other kind of westerns, like. Yeah. There will be blood and all those right. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, like the genre. There will be blood. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that yeah. was a movie. Yeah, yeah. holy. Smoke. I tried to rewatch. I tried to rewatch Independence Day a while back. Oh, Can't recommend it. Really sad. <laughs> I saw that in the theater three times. I think I just recently said that on another podcast. I know. <laughs> when I was a kid, I loved it. So did Will I. Smith was and remains the coolest person ever born. Independence yeah. Day was the the tentpole of the, his political side curriculum when he was homeschooled. Oh, and, yeah. and the saint was the bedrock of the the Bible, the Bible classes. <laughs> right. So that's why these are all near and dear to their hearts right. because it was the formative mm. It led to my eventual passing of the GED, which I really <laughs> No, when the president's wife died, I think that was one of the first oh. moments I ever cried at a movie. Crushing. What? How old were you? I was, in, I was in middle school. The other time I'd gotten choked up was in the theater with Lion King and it was and it wasn't even when something bad happened. It was the opening scene. I was so moved by the Circle of Life song that I like found myself getting choked up. And I was like, what is this? Surely you cried when Mufasa died, though. No, no. That's like the saddest parent death of any movie. She's only I moved know. by sweeping scores, not by actual plot by lines. By Elton John definitely music. definitely a sweeping score when Mufasa died passed away i, I want to be careful with that alert yeah. wake up oh. dad that's the worst yeah. no i wasn't as i wasn't as emotionally connected at that point but the the music thing just really got me well well that's why top gun was so good oh yeah the oh, music yeah. the music is there's weird. a lot of sweeping scores in that you'll probably cry all the way through <laughs> <laughs> bring, bring a tissue joy i'm gonna watch there will be blood tonight oh, oh, Couple skate, everybody. <laughs> Come on out. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Sweeping scores. That's where you can prove that you can skate backwards. Oh, yes. And if you're a ref, if you're a ref, you are you are the coolest. If yeah. you're the middle of the ring guy. <laughs> you're not a ref. You're just wearing the ref striped shirt. Right, right, right. But you are just skating backwards listening to that song. And every time Take My Breath Away happens, you do that kind of like half split kind of... <laughs> go around in a circle come back you know and you're just like gosh that guy is the coolest he's got sweatbands on either arm yeah whereas I'm standing in a corner trying desperately to let go of the rail and not fall in in front of Angela Shrift like I'm just dying you're doing kind of the weird walk stomp thing 
where yeah. you're not really skating, but yeah. it's just a, it sounds like a dinosaur. Yeah. My mom's lasagna, my mom's lasagna has not built up any core strength in me, and I am just absolutely unable to skate. You ever. just have arcade tickets flowing out of your mouth. <laughs> yeah. Sucks. Go back to cruising USA. Yeah. Cruising USA. It was the best game. Yeah. That, that, that was a sweet theme song, too. That was. <laughs> Cruising USA. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that was his driver's ed class in Holmes. Cruising USA. <laughs> yeah. It was you and your mom. Did, yeah. Do your double, parents. I double tap the gas pedal to make the car like fly up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As a homeschooler, do you pass a driving test just with your parents? <laughs> no, or do you have to actually still go through the government? I, uh, do you have to get From a tractor to an actual car is pretty minimal. So nobody really cares. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a seamless jump. <laughs> <laughs> just like our transitions on the relevant podcast, it's a seamless transition. Yeah. I would say my ISIS to DC Talk may hold up as one of the worst moments <laughs> and one of the worst transitions ever. Like, I actually am still and, thinking, and like, it's me going from DC Talk um, to Top Gun. I mean, there's yeah. really nothing there there's that. There's a film yeah. term called Smash Cut, Eddie. Yeah, yeah. Smash <laughs> Cut. <laughs> right. It's exactly what it is. Uh, Stephen Colbert this week uh, tried his darndest yeah. to convert Bill Maher to oh, uh, Catholicism, to Christianity. Um, this week, uh, Bill Maher, uh, HBO political talk show host, uh, was on uh, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. And things got a little testy. Outspoken when the topic, atheist. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, when the topic of personal faith came up, uh, Maher isn't just an atheist. He's like kind of famously anti-religion. Yeah. He made religious, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. or Irregular. Yeah. Went to the uh, Holy Land and stuff. And then uh, Colbert jokingly debated the merits of Catholicism, ancient wisdom, and even Pascal's uh, wager. It, it didn't go that well. <laughs> here's, a, here's a clip of uh, the conversion. Phil, they say uh, at a dinner party you should never talk about sex, politics, or religion. Have you ever been invited to a dinner party in your life? <laughs> is, That's is that, are there yeah. things you won't uh, talk about? I probably wouldn't be invited to your dinner party because we're very opposite. Right? Really? How so? Well, like... <laughs> How are we opposite? Really? You're married and religious. Yeah, uh, I'm married and I give it, I give religion a shot. Yeah, I give it a shot. Oh, I thought you were a practicing Catholic. I am, but doesn't mean I'm good at it. <laughs> I love that. I'm not. Honest to God. I Damn. suck. I suck as a Catholic. Doesn't mean I don't keep going well, to give it a shot. You, you were raised Catholic, I right? I was raised Catholic. Come on back, Bill. <laughs> the door is always open. It Golden was, ticket it, right before you. All you have to do is humble yourself before the presence of the Lord. Admit there are things greater than you in the universe that you do not understand, and salvation awaits you. Take Pascal's yeah. wager. If you're wrong, you're an idiot. But if <laughs> I'm right, you're going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> I do admit there are things in the universe I don't understand. Okay. But my response to that is not to make up silly stories. Oh. Oh. They're pretty or, good stories. Some of them or, are pretty good stories, Or Bill. to believe intellectually embarrassing myths from the Bronze Age. But you believe whatever you want. Yeah. Gosh. Well, yeah. I mean, I have a connection to our ancestors because I... I sure. Yeah, sure. I have a Because, certain, yeah. you know, these were men who did not know what a germ or an atom was or where the sun went at night, and uh-huh. that's where you're getting your wisdom. Anyway, let's... <gasps> let's yeah. not... 
Let's well, I like not it. Argue. I like it. Let's, I like uh, it. Let's I can eat a big bowl of this. This is good. <laughs> <laughs> it's tasty. You see, my religion teaches me humility in the right, face I, of this I, kind I, of attack. I, I see. <laughs> you brought, I'm like, no, I did you, not bring anything up. Well, you, you gave me a big lecture on come back to the church. I did not give I gave you an invitation. Steve. A lecture. It's an invitation. <laughs> what are you well, talking it, it, about? This guy gave me a huge lecture about going to dinner. <laughs> Man, I'll is he smart? Want, thank you. I'll eat what I want. Italian, Italian food. How dare you? I've had more inviting invitations, but uh, okay. Gosh, he's My so good. Goodness. Though. I agree with Bill, 100. Yeah. <laughs> percent Well, I'm convinced. Yeah, that's actually a pretty solid, solid <laughs> argument. Bill Maher is like the liberal. My grandparents are worried that all liberals are like. Yeah. He just he said like yeah. he doesn't. He just like said. He has these rote things he's memorized down in his brain. Yeah. And he doesn't really, like, he's not hearing what Colbert is saying at all. He just throw, he just starts throwing things at him. Oh, yeah. Oh, religion. That's, you're getting your instruction from ancient people who don't know where the sun goes at night. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's just like, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Colbert's so great. Colbert's like, every positive adjective you can say about a person, you yeah. can say about Stephen Colbert. They are both really smart folks. That and was cool to see. How quick was Colbert without being, like, rude? And, and, and if you're, you I know? was watching it. You guys were listening. I was watching it. He had a smile on his face the whole time. Right. It yeah. wasn't, it wasn't yeah. combative. They're both comedians. They both get it. They yeah. know what they're doing. But yeah. I, I, I think my favorite part is when Colbert just says, "I could eat a big bowl of this." Like just inviting, <laughs> so, like I'm enjoying this conversation. Yeah, like yeah. that just seems like, oh, you want more of this conversation? Yeah, great. no, it's great. He didn't let it get under his skin, which I thought was cool. Right. You know. <laughs> uh, another seamless transition. Uh, in case you missed it, Ryan Gosling. Everybody, he's going to star in the new Top Gun. Blade yes. Runner, <laughs> the new Blade Runner. They're remaking Blade Runner. I mean, what? again, is it a I mean, remake or a sequel? It is. It is uh, actually a sequel. So all oh, the remakes okay. and sequels that are happening, sure. Hollywood having no new ideas. Let's just go back to the VHS collection and dust them off and make one of those. Yeah. Uh, Blade Runner is coming back. Who was in the original? Uh, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford will actually reprise his role as the replicant hunter it's Rick Deckard. Weird what he's doing. He's sort of on like this reprisal thing. Like he's back at Star. Star Wars yeah. back in Blade Runner it's like Indiana just, Jones Indiana Jones yeah, yeah of course it's kind of strange yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he waited long enough that his character is now, you know, 30 years older, and it's like he can raise up the next generation Indiana Jones. Yeah. It's weird. And in they our, can swing through vines and together. it totally works. Yeah. I, I saw, uh, I was listening to an interview with Daniel Radcliffe the other day who said, I just hope to be around long enough to be in the reboot of Harry Potter movies. And it's like, wouldn't that be weird? Because it yeah. could totally happen in our lifetime. They would reboot, yeah. redo yeah. all the Harry Potter I mean, movies. If, as long as he stays alive for like five more years, he'll be fine. So right. he'll be Gandalf. Gandalf, Gandalf is Lord yeah. of the <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Whatever. He's the guy with the, the beard. He'll be Magneto. He'll be Gollum. He'll be Gollum. You're lucky <laughs> Tiffany's not in here right now. Kevin. I don't know. He's the guy, the old one who d does the instructions for the children. Dumbledore. They're all basically the That's same. him. That's the one. The Wicked Dumb Witch of the West. Santa. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and now we can listen to Christmas music. Yeah. I love when Gandalf says, they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom. <laughs> right, that, that one. Didn't Gandalf say to the children once, you can't handle the truth? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds right. You're dangerous. That was Top Gun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. That'll do it for... In case you missed it. Uh, entertainment releases. Music coming out on Friday, November 27th. This will be the day after Thanksgiving, the mm -hmm. day that cool. you're going to be standing in lines. You're right. going to be rushing, getting trampled. Black uh, Friday. Long line here, albums. Here's all the albums that you can uh, download. Is, is this podcast coming out on Black Friday? Yeah. No, no this one's no. coming out on the 20th. Oh, I see. This music comes out next week. I understand. Chris Brown. It's coming out with royalty. Oh. Yeah. So that, that'll serenade you as you shop for your loved ones. Yeah, really. Uh, Go out and shop for your girlfriend. 
Buy some, buy some boxing gloves, maybe. Uh, Five Iron Frenzy. Oh. Five Iron Frenzy oh. is actually coming out on November 22nd. They're kicking it old school. They're coming yeah. out five days earlier than the yeah. days. Yeah. Albums are They're keeping out. it on the Tuesday. Yeah. Is that what that is? No, it's five days. It's like Sunday or something. Oh, it's, even better. It's so weird. Whatever. Hey, they, can do what, they can do what they want. Cheeses of Nazareth. Five Iron so. Frenzy coming out mm-hmm. with Between Pavement and Stars. That would be air? Okay. Yes. That's sure. everything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and also, this is no lie, Friday, November 27th, Pope Francis is coming out with his album, Wake Up. I cannot. It is so weird. I've we have it. it. We have it. They no. sent it to us a couple weeks ago. No way. It, it is so weird. We have a review copy. It's like <gasps> weird 90s music with like a recording of the Pope talking over it. No, I, from him, actually. It's Pope Francis. It's Pope Francis. Doing modern music to reach the young people with no. the Catholic message. I cannot wait to hear But it's this. not like him in a studio talk. It's like him at a, a, in front of a crowd just and them grabbing little sound bits and putting it over like some dude with a ponytail made like music that wanted to sound cool. Like Skrillex. <laughs> <laughs> that is I would awesome. listen to that. Okay, actually. Skrillex and Diplo yeah. did a Pope remix. Uh, I, I would, would listen to that. Up. Yeah. Wow. No, this is like your brother who never made it in music can somehow we, got the Pope. Can we? Album. He can tried we, really hard. Though. Can we just? Can we just have some real talk for a second? Speaking yeah. of Skrillex and Diplo and artists that they've worked with, maybe okay. think of uh, Let's do real an talk. album that came out last week. Okay, Justin Bieber's album is pretty amazing. It's incredible. Right? Yeah. You know it's it's unreal. A great, it's a great album. Really good. You know what though? I can't listen to it and not hear that this is what I wish. Justin Timberlake's album was mm. like if you listen to it and hear Justin Timberlake doing these songs like if Justin Timberlake got these producers instead of Timbaland and his like kind of dated oh, do sound not critique Timberland. I, I love Justin Timberlake Timberland. I love he's a great performer oh, he's yeah. one of the best artists out there but if you listen to Bieber's album envisioning it that what if this was Timberlake's next, next album yeah. it's like all of a sudden now you're realizing Bieber is actually taking on Timberlake's mantle yeah like it's really interesting to like hear that Too transition soon. That's interesting. Well, Timberlake's doing stuff like playing the CMAs, and he's becoming kind of like, I don't know, adult. And like right. Bieber is taking on the cool Timberlake mantle. That's a very interesting theory. Bieber's, <laughs> Bieber's album sounds like the future. It sounds yeah. like what music is going to sound like for the right. next year. Too. Yeah. And Timberlake it sounds like, uh, you know, the producer from a decade ago, Timberland. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. what has he done in between? I mean, it's like, it just kind of sounds dated, especially yeah. when you hold it up to this Bieber album. Right. Yeah. Like, it's top. relevant. Loved relevant. Loved the 2020 experience. It was on, I think, our list of top ten albums of and the it year. It was a great album, but now it's like almost like now we've seen what Timberlake could have. Remember done. Timberlake? Maybe Timberlake's working on something yeah, for maybe next his, year. Maybe his next thing is going to yeah. be a super hot new jam. Yeah, no, super hot new jam is I think always the goal. Yeah, I think yeah, <laughs> but you're essentially describing Top Gun versus Top Gun Two, right? <laughs> right. Or the Saint versus uh, whatever new thing. Like it's just this the is Saint <laughs> reboot. Yeah, everything right. old is new again. But but listening but listening to Bieber and wishing that. T- Timberlake was oh man I just like but it's such a great album good Actually for an him. album that came out like 20 years ago today Eddie that oh. you should give a listen to <laughs> what is that <laughs> what is that album uh, mo- <laughs> movies coming out on Wednesday November 25th so this is the day before Thanksgiving so then on Thanksgiving yeah. when you're like I gotta get out of here you can go down to the theater and see these movies uh, Creed, uh, Michael B. Jordan, the son of mm. documentary. It's a documentary. Yeah, about it's supposed Creed. to be really good. Early reviews. It's a are- documentary. It's a biopic about the rise and fall. It's a it's a true Hollywood story about Scott the Stapp. about Scott Stapp. Yeah, <laughs> and, and Rocky Balboa. Roll Tide. It's yeah. gonna be so good. I can't wait to yeah. see that movie. The original uh, Rocky movies were my homeschool PE class. So I'm pretty. <laughs> <laughs> <Fighting shape. laughs> also coming out, the Good Dinosaur. Uh, it's from the they say Disney Pixar, but you know the difference between Disney and Pixar when yeah. it comes to these animated movies. Right. Pixar was Inside Out. 
Yeah. yeah this is Wreck-It Ralph. This, yeah. this is you know. Oreo and those Nescot cookies. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, I, I yeah. get it. It's going to be good, but it's I'll, not going to have that other yeah. magic that Pixar yeah. movies I'll have. I'll take yeah. it at snack time with my red juice, but I it's not, <laughs> it's not the same. It's not the <laughs> same. It's better than nothing, but it's not going to be what we really want. Right. Right. We're, I, we're just waiting for the next Pixar movie. Need to go home and get an Oreo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and also, Victor Frankenstein is coming oh, yeah. out. James I, McAvoy, Daniel Radcliffe. I'm excited. I was excited about this, but it's, I think it's too scary. Well, it also looks worse. I really like James McAvoy and Daniel Radcliffe, but the preview. Me too. They've messed up Frankenstein like the past five times they've done it. It kind of just leave it alone. Mixed up like point. face-off or mixed no, up like, like just, Freaky no, no, Friday? No, no, They've messed it up. Like, oh, oh. They haven't done a good one in, I don't know, ever. Daniel Radcliffe is becoming my favorite famous person, and we don't really have to talk about this, but I, um, I kind of feel like the movie might be good because he chose to do it. Huh. Uh, yeah, I... You trust I, him that much. I do. Potter and what else? Horns, but that's the thing. Late, lady new, new to the on Broadway. That's the thing. He was cool in an interview, and he talked about how he said, "I have enough money from Harry Potter that I never actually have to do anything. So yeah. everything he does is a thing that he really actually wants to do." I kind of like that. Yeah, I feel like cool. he's not working for the mortgage. He's just picking stuff that's awesome. Lady in Black was cool. Lady in Black was cool. That's a cool movie. Yeah, I like I like Daniel Radcliffe. He's cool. Me let's, too. Let's hang, Dan. Just don't even worry about it. Just keep moving on. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for entertainment releases. Uh, in case you missed it, and uh, what to think when uh, God doesn't stop bad things from happening in the world. Stay tuned. Up next, slices. to Citizen Shade. The song is Go Tell It on the Mountain. Just one of the many incredible tracks that I have selected for A Very Relevant Christmas, Volume 5, also known as Better Than Chad's. Wow. <laughs> you can download it or stream it at uh, the drop at relevantmagazine.com. It's free, folks. It's our Christmas gift to you. Here's, the, here's what you can do. Download it, get it loaded up, get it ready to go. Mm-hmm. Then on Thanksgiving... Play. Yeah, yeah. Thanksgiving morning, Santa appears. Boom! Very relevant. Christmas volume five. Yep, 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 yep. That's why we released it before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. That's why we did it five, six days early. A little time to download. Yeah, get it ready. Get it primed. Get it on all the devices. Bluetooth sync all the speakers. Pour, yeah, pour you're yourself good. a tall glass of eggnog. Yeah, <laughs> thirty-two ounces of just whole fatty eggnog. <laughs> I'm gonna have mine pressed on just, vinyl. I have no nog. I just drink liquid egg. Just <laughs> liquid egg, just yeah. like punch from chips. Just <laughs> eating. <laughs> yeah, punch from chips. Yeah, there's a reboot we need. <laughs> Yeah, you know, wasn't I, there one? I'm drinking a bunch of liquid egg. I have a paunch because of it. You know, oh, yeah, just, nice. a little, just a little extra, a little extra belly, a <laughs> little, little too much pure, a little too much cream, salmonella and cholesterol, <laughs> just mixing up in there. All right, it's time for slices. What do you have, Tyler? You're sitting in for Jesse. You're first. I know. I'm sit- I'm sitting in for Jesse. Well, I'm I'm excited to announce that today 
uh, Hollywood has released their list of the top 10 highest paid actors. We haven't gotten to actresses yet because of the algorithms, I'm sure. And because of uh, uh, equality. Right. They're half. (laughs) Just take all those salaries and cut them in half. Right. I think I think as we all know, it's probably a little hard to figure out what actresses in Hollywood make because the money is so much less than men, and it's probably a little harder to find those numbers. But they but, use money differently; they don't need as much. There's little purses, little change purses, and stuff. There's some that are, some things are on here that are, are kind of expected. But I was honestly really surprised, first of all, by the fact that the youngest person on the, the list of the top ten is 35 years old. Hmm. That's Channing Tatum, who comes in at number seven. Oh, get real with him. And only uh, no, Channing Tatum is kind of the best. We oh, all get real with that. Daniel Daniel Radcliffe. Radcliffe. We like Channing Tatum. He's he's dumb, but like sweetly dumb. Yeah. Okay. And he like knows that he's made. He makes fun of himself, and he's a really good husband. He always speaks very highly of his wife. I am a huge fan of Channing Tatum. And he's got moves. and his he abs. Can, he can Let's dance. go, Eddie. Okay, I'll I'll I'm on board. I I didn't have a strong opinion, but Joy, I trust Sorry. you seriously. <laughs> wow. I just didn't want you to go all Anne Hathaway you, on. Gosh. <laughs> you treat the other turtles that way. <laughs> that was good. Uh, three of the. Actors are younger than forty. None of the, all of the actors are white. Um, you have number ten, you have Matt Damon. Nine is Tom Hanks. Chris Pratt's at number eight. Whoa. Like I said, Channing Tatum was at number seven, and Hugh Jackman's at six. The top five. Anybody have any guesses? What would who would land in the top five or the top one? Matt Matt Damon you already said it's hard. Is Tom uh, Cruise still there just because he gets paid so much? I mean, he's no, he's like irrelevant, but he's there. Tom Cruise clocks in right at number five. Uh, John Malkovich. <laughs> <laughs> Brad. Oh yeah. No Brad Pitt. Ian. Oh, oh Brad. Oh, uh, Brad uh, Paisley. Oh Brad 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 um no don't, Brad Garrett no. from uh, some uh, everybody loves Raymond. Oh something Bradley Bradley uh, Raymond. Cooper. Bradley Cooper is at number three. Good wow. job, Joy. That's surprising. Number four started out in a different career than acting, but the transition has been a very successful. Oh, oh The Rock. The Rock. Oh nice. yeah. Uh, number two, you've we we've known this guy for a long time. Joy probably had a poster of him in her room when she was a teenager. Is he a Star poster Wars guy. Poster of a. Gen- that, he has famously never won an Oscar though. Uh, oh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo uh, DiCaprio is nice. at number two, yep, and then number is- one. Honestly, you only know this guy really for one move for one franchise. It's all he's got going for him. Harry Potter. Vin Diesel. No, it's uh, it's Robert Downey Jr. The top earning actor oh, in all of Hollywood. No, based on Iron Man. Wow, he's like a bazillionaire. What a life! Point. That guy was on SNL, even though it was during the bad years. He still made it on SNL. Went through a crazy drug thing. I know that's not a good part and of this. Then, but no, 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 I'm just saying he's had redemption story. In that's what I'm saying. History. Yeah, yeah, and is he is pretty cool in Iron Man. Yeah, he's cleaned he, up. Jesus. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. I mean, when, in terms of like actual like turnaround, like yeah. coming back from from a bad place. Yeah, mm. yeah good for him. Was Tyler Huckabee, everyone. Tyler. I'm always pumped for Robert Downey Jr. I like him. Yeah. Wow, that's a really interesting list. Hot slice. Hot slice. <laughs> when do the top ten earning women come out though? Is that going to be a thing that's released? Yeah, hey, I believe that comes out soon. I can bring that for my next slice if you guys want next week. Uh, it'll be um, what's her name? That's Jennifer, always with Bradley Cooper and all the movies. Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. Oh yeah, she'll be number one. No but they have what they, what they already have said. And what I did see about this today is while uh, the youngest person on here is thirty five, of course, uh, there will be no women who are. Who have yet huh. 35 on the list of women. Wow. Uh, the youngest. That is a really telling list, isn't it? Also, that the one of men is all uh, white. 
Yeah. Right, it's all white. Yeah, all we know is Channing Tatum is about the whitest guy on earth. <laughs> well, Tom Hanks is also on the Oh, I'd yeah. Say Tom Hanks. He is he is the flag Tom bearer. Hanks is flag Hanks bearer. Is America. Here you go, white people. Walk around with this guy. <laughs> all right. Uh what do you have, Joy? Well, so kind of back to the the Paris um, discussion, I did want to, I was really intrigued with how the uh, publication, the Charlie Heb- Hebdo, is how is that how you say it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, with how Charlie Hebdo um, is responding. And just for all of you guys working on a magazine, um, I'm just curious your responses to kind of the cover that they did where they basically had a picture of a guy um, that had bullet holes with champagne spraying out of him Mm. and the title said they have weapons uh quote-unquote screw them even though it said something a little bit more inappropriate Mm -hmm. we have champagne um so that's that's their magazine cover response and then they've also come out saying that they don't like the pray for paris hashtag Mm. um and so then how as christians do we respond to something like that they um they started a hashtag that is paris uh is about life so, you know, their whole publication is, you know, to satire about religion and politics and things like that. So mm. it was a really bold statement. And I just wanted to know your thoughts. I kind of feel like they get a little bit of a pass because of their own intersection with terrorism very recently to kind of comment more strongly, I think, than the rest of the world. And I think that it is, I think it is, I mean, I, you know, I saw it and my initial reaction was like, ooh, no, that is messed up. And then it was, and then it sort of dawned on me the parody of and the what the humor that they were trying to bring out of it. I, I don't know. I it was, it's like one of those things where only they could make that joke. But I mm-hmm. don't know if I'm allowed to think it's interesting. I think I'm only allowed to be disturbed by it, and so I was. Mm-hmm. And I think that was generally like the 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 feeling that that brought about in me. I think was the idea of the cover. I think actually they were trying to do in people was to show the resilience and poke fun a little bit of it and also be completely terrifying. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I, I less understand the pushback with the pray for Paris hashtag. Yeah. Yeah. That, that to me seems a little bit counterproductive. Like all. Well, the, and that's not exclusively a Christian thing. I mean, our, right. our religions pray. So it doesn't. Yeah. That. yeah. And that's what they didn't say. Christians. They just said, I asked as Christians, how do we respond to something like that? As we're, you know, um, wanting to pray wanting to show support and you know their response was we don't need more religion um so it wasn't directed just at christians yeah right so and i feel like to them i would just say okay like yeah you're allowed to okay fine that's okay you're allowed to feel and be upset and not want this and you're going to mourn the way you mourn and we're we'll do what we do but i don't you know i don't want to impose anything on you at this point we can have that conversation down the road right now you just want to be mad and responsive and you have a right to be yeah well i think it was you know i saw someone a a friend who lives in europe and she kind of did this whole post where she had been at a party on friday night and it was a video of them all dancing and she said she wasn't gonna you know post it in light of everything that happened and then she kind of went off on this thing about how that's exactly what isis wants is for us to live in fear and so then when i saw this cover i i just you know what it's this weird thing of we are we are supposed to be mourning we are supposed to be praying and it but it really i i was kind of like wow that is a really really bold statement that is not rooted in fear and so i just thought it was kind of interesting in light of what we were talking about earlier of how as christians we're not supposed to supposed to respond out of fear and so i Mm. but i I mean i mourning is such a complex 
emotion though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. isn't it just, I, I feel like in some of my saddest moments, I have laughed genuinely harder than I've ever laughed in my life. I've had mm-hmm. just crazy fun, been silly, irresponsible. And I think it, it's I was just, to talk to you about that. <laughs> P.S. Not a good, not a good P.S. accountability It's not time. helpful for everybody else. Post-show well, it's bro really, time. It's a really beautiful moment inside out where you discover that there's a mix of emotions mm-hmm. and those, some of those memories are the, are, are what end up being the most resonant and the strongest. You, if you don't you, mind me borrowing from a Pixar movie. You, that, you, you know, know what, those, what movie doesn't give us that depth of insight and emotion? Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, planes, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. those those Disney ones where they try to pretend like they're Pixar, but they're not. Yeah, they're not. They just they just don't get it. Nesca. Lion King did. Lion All King did. Just Lion King. Weird vanilla cookies. <laughs> <laughs> Who's eating those? Why are they just a little mushier than the regular cookies? What are you talking about? Nilla wafers? No, 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 no. The oh. vanilla-looking Oreo ones that your teacher gave oh, to you. Oh, those are the worst. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, you're going to eat it because it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> and you were handed a little snacky and what are you going to do? But that is not an Oreo. That's, that's planes and to it you. Been that's an, the Disney movie planes. It would have yeah. been another. <laughs> that's right. It is. <laughs> I feel like we lost the point of what you were saying, Joy, and yeah, I'm no, sorry. I, I, I just want to know, Cameron, you know, specifically you started this magazine and there's, there's, you know, not the risk that Charlie Hebdo has done, but you like there's risk when you're putting something on the cover of a magazine and you're you're making a statement and you're you're standing for things. I I just you know yeah. Well, I, I wrote my column about that exact thing with our current issue of Boko Haram's on the cover, and it was I talked about the tension that we have in magazines having to straddle that line of have a marketable, accessible cover, which mm-hmm. and draws you toward the content. While then having mm-hmm. powerful, challenging content, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, it's a balance of uh, content, content that people want to read, and people, and content that people should read, and yeah. saying things that are important and meaningful, and also flip the page and like, oh, cool, I love this artist, and I want to hear from them, you know, and so it's like mm-hmm. that balance of intentionality. Um, I think a lot of magazines don't wrestle with it because they just go all in one way or the other. We're just trying to sell ads or just trying to sell issues at a newsstand doesn't matter. We don't really have conviction about our content. And then you have Charlie Hebdo on the other side of things who are just all about ide- ideologue and 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 um, and making big statements. I would put Vice in that category and stuff. They're not really concerned about marketability. Right. Um, and we, in this very odd way, straddle those two worlds. And, uh, mm-hmm. and so we have to be intentional and mindful and thoughtful. And it is, it is attention. But yeah. at the end of the day... If something needs to be said, we're going to say it without compromise or, mm-hmm. or anything. So. I think, though, also to the Charlie Hebdo cover, there is part of it that's like when they were draw- thinking of that cover, where were they in the process of grieving? You know, th- I think that there's part of it that's like you're just angry right now and that's how you're being angry and you're allowed to be that way. I, I think that I got to remember that it's not like this came out six months later after they've had the time to process the full complexity. They're just responding out of our country is in fear and the way we know how to respond is to be sarcastic and funny. And so this is what we'll do. It, I think it's what was reasonable for a week out. I think there's part of it that if they're still poking that beast in a year from now, I think mm-hmm. I think they are kind of shirking a larger responsibility in a way to not kind of uh, unnecessarily provoke that kind of negative response that they're going to get. But I think part of it is, what do you think? What do you think, Tyler? I think that that uh, you know what the heart of what they're saying, the the reaction, like you said, the immediate visceral response is no more religion like this, no more religion that divides, no more religion mm-hmm. that encourages violence and, and anger and animosity. And that's something that we can all get behind. We mm-hmm. we absolutely agree with that. 
I don't want to trumpet too hard the idea that that uh, like we have something better to offer. Like the re- the religion that we talk about, the religion that we believe is talked about in the Bible, is is not divisive and is and is in fact a religion of of peace and uh, and looks forward to the day when all things are peaceful. And that's a longer conversation that I can't have with the cover of Charlie Hebdo. But for their immediate re- reaction, the base core of what they're trying to say is something that I think uh, Christians and even Jesus would be able to affirm and say, I, I also don't want any more of this. Yeah. Agreed. Well, I think I think it's interesting too to note that their first um, publication after their attack in January, um, the cover said "All is forgiven," and mm-hmm. so I do think that they've been processing since January. And it was interesting that that was their response then, and now they're just they say you know they, they were like it's absolutely vital that they can't win, and they said we're all suffering with grief with fear. They admit that, but we will do it anyways. The cover. Um, because stupidity will not win, which mm. I thought was really interesting. Yeah, I was in Paris uh, earlier this year I when know, Charlie Hebdo that. had that that iconic. Uh, yeah, what was that cover? cover? It was it was uh, Muhammad. Oh right, remember after the bombing of their office? That's right. I was there like the next week, and yeah, like there right. it is on the newsstand. It was so surreal because this cover became like internationally famous. Yeah, yeah. And there's this in a newsstand in Paris, and like whoa, wow. Yeah. I took a picture with it. Yeah, so a picture wow. with it. And then I was like, hey, look, yeah. Charlie Hebdo. Got your selfie yeah. stick out, and I didn't take a picture of me with <laughs> you have it. So many selfies. I took sticks. a picture Peace. of it. <laughs> right, I misspoke. <laughs> Wait, no, no, he doesn't have a selfie stick. He's like Cohen. Cohen, take take this picture of me. It's a picture of Daddy with magazines. <laughs> Daddy with Charlie Hard- Hebdo. Hardone. Natural tech. Hardone. Don de esta el camera. What do you have, Eddie? Um, you guys know that I have one beat on the show. Well, actually, I have DC two. DC Talk beat. We have three, I guess. Then I had you know, Chilean Miners and then DC Talk. <laughs> joy which, impersonation. Joy, which actually, could I just defer my slice and can we talk more about DC Talk or do I need to get onto the slice? <laughs> yeah, let's do your slice. <laughs> okay. Um, my third beat, though, is talking about the emoji game, which brings up a very interesting point. This week, Oxford Dictionary came out with their word of the year, which, and I'm not going to make you guess because I think you all have already heard mm-hmm. this before. It is the tears laughing emoji. You know that one? Like, yeah. you're laughing so hard that there are tears coming out of your eyes? You get like three in a row and you tell somebody a dumb joke and they're like, laugh, laugh, laugh. The right. Oxford Oxford Mississippi Dictionary. Oxford Mississippi from <laughs> Oxford. The Oxford Dictionary is using not the word emoji, but an actual emoji as the their word of the year. The symbol of it, yes. it is. So, which, which I guess in a way is saying it is a word. Right, it well, is th- th- that's the whole em- thing. No, I mean, because like those uh, two hundred emojis don't appear in their dictionary as individual words. Well, apparently they will now. That's crazy, Bill. Um, so they're going to add them to the dictionary. They did a. I, I couldn't possibly be counted on to know that. I have no idea. <laughs> um, ask someone else. Ask Jesse when he's back. I'm sure he's read all about this. Um, but they did a partnership with SwiftKey, who is like the keyboard company. Who cares about that part? But they did it, and uh, that's the number one used emoji in America, as well as in the United Kingdom. Is that uh, smiling face laughing which you know say what you will people are using that as language they also released they released a full list but uh, another few that i wanted to bring up ad blocker the software that stops whatever nerd next um <laughs> the um they 
as a singular pronoun used when mentioning a person who may uh, be male or female. Um, one that's another one particularly close to Joy's heart would be lumbersexual, which mm. is noun, mm. which is uh, definition is her fiance. <laughs> Just a, a beautiful lumbersexual of a man. Although, although if you've seen this little wedding video that they made where they're doing this like dirty dancing, dancing thing and he's in leotards, yeah. I don't know. I think the lumber's kind of It's my black tank top. He's wearing the, my black the, tank top. The lumber you union. Take off the lumber part and go right to sexual. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I will say though, Eddie, I am super passionate about people using emoticons correctly. And I think it is, I think it's fascinating, first of all, that they named this. What is it? Like the tears... The Weeping Tears of Joy. Yes. New band name called it. That is actually your wedding website. (laughs) 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 Just type in that emoji.com. That's it. I think think it is an important statement to say it's the quote unquote word because we do, you know, so much communication is nonverbal. And now we've moved to this time and space where we communicate not in face to face and so it's helpful but that one specifically is the one that I give all my friends such a hard time about because I'm like if you are not actually having tears coming down your face laughing at what I said I don't want to see it right because I need honest feedback on my humor because I want to be very funny like I want to be on SNL Leslie Jones is 47 I have still got 12 (laughs) years to get on SNL I'm working on my impressions I've got two (laughs) of the three impressions worked out I think I'm ready to go one is me young young joy isn't gonna one is young joy (laughs) the other one is uh yeah is Jesse (laughs) I sometimes think I'm pretty good at the uh there will be blood uh thing though it's not much of an What's that? What is that? I mean, do oh, it. Do oh, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. This, uh, uh, I'm an oil man. This is my boy, DW. You know? <laughs> oh, that's pretty like, good. Yeah, it's pretty amazing, actually. It probably how gets you, me on How the do show. you drink milkshakes? <laughs> if you have a milkshake and I have a straw, I drink your milkshake. <laughs> See, that's probably Lauren is probably in the back going like, wow, he's stuff. just quoting a movie exactly and it's not funny. But there's something about him that we really want him to be it's on the show. It's that he thinks this is good. Yeah, I, I yeah. like his unbridled enthusiasm. Yeah, and I'm also working and I'm not ready to debut that yet. I think I'll get later to it. I think I can, I like, I have a feeling that I can sing exactly like Elvis Costello, <laughs> but I don't know it yet. But deep down inside me, I feel it percolating. Question, right. have you, have you done a voice recording and listened to it? I haven't done a voice recording. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. No, that's this, sh- that's what this show is for I me. I also have a feeling that I- I can sing like Liza Minnelli, but I just haven't tried it yet. Right. Like you just, but don't you like know deep down? It's like, I think I have like the, like there's something in his voice that I feel like I've got. Anyhow, those are my three. I haven't recorded it yet, but that's what this is for. At some point, somebody needs to bring it up an Elvis Costello point. Right. And I will just, this is your real thing. I'll launch into it and then I'll listen to the show and realize I'm not. Well, we're talking about things that were good 30 years ago coming back again. Maybe he'll come up in another one one of those discussions. Right. Something completely Those last three like, melodic grunts you did were your Elvis Costello impersonation. I I don't want to be the bearer of bad news. Eddie. <laughs> I know, I, but it's pretty good, it's right? It's a stretch. Mo- mo- melodic grunts. That's a band name. That's a really good yeah, one. That's a great um, one. And then the last word that I, I saw on the list actually made me stop. <laughs> the word's dark web, but I was reading it quickly oh. and I thought it was Derek Webb. And I thought, <laughs> wow, what a very specific addition. But no, Derek Webb did not make the dictionary. It's dark web, the corner of the internet where website operators and users can go on traced and unidentified so that's a that's weird where, thing that's where weeping tears of joy.com lives yeah, yeah. <laughs> deep in in the Derek speaking web speaking of dark web can i just say i just have to bring an update i don't know if people are aware that cameron made me sit in my small closet in my house to record this both of my legs have completely fallen asleep <laughs> and i am at 
5% battery. So if I'm not around for the end of this show, that you know is why. why. Or Jeremiah, I, the producer, did it and I had nothing to do with it. Boom. I feel like you can only take responsibility for your legs falling asleep. <laughs> yeah. You cannot put that I on. I haven't tried. There's not a lot of space to move here. I seriously might pass out. You could have popped a chair in there, though, right? No, because of the way that I have to sit on the ground because there's a shelf <gasps> that I'm setting my computer on. I see the doorknob. You are sitting on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice that till just now oh, either. Joy, I appreciate your commitment. It do makes, you think, you it think makes when no the, difference. Do you think when the turtles are in the sewer running around the city <laughs> and trying to avoid Brain and his henchmen, do you think they're complaining? It's not cozy down there. <laughs> Suck it up, April. <laughs> so, all right, word of the year. Got a little emoji. That's yeah. uh, that's a hot, hot, hot Feet, take. I smile, don't know. smile. Was that one and not one of the five cityscapes, or one of the two dragons, or the twelve trains? <laughs> yeah, there's like lots of options there. Those are underutilized. Dancing lady, I felt like that's yeah, dancing lady would have been nice. Uh, taco emoji. Yeah, what's interesting? Although about, I guess that's just taco stuff. What's interesting about the actual emoji being uh, the word is: Have you seen? I just saw it recently. I mean, this is kind of common knowledge the way we see it on ios yes and the way that google or yeah. or a samsung like they all look different and most of them kind of like yeah okay it's similar but there's a few emojis that i actually use very regularly like one might be like skepticism and then like on an android it looks like irate anger right and oh. you're like oh no no i wasn't trying to say that no, I know. and i don't know what kind of phone you have <laughs> that's yeah. right so i like all of a sudden if emoji is becoming language right the, it's people speaking different languages it is different accents there's the <laughs> yeah. samsung yeah. accent there's the apple accent yeah you gotta know okay well this person's speaking apple so they're only saying skepticism, but I'm from the Northeast and I'm just hearing sarcasm. <laughs> you know? That's interesting. I think I've melted under my own metaphor just then, but it, something yeah, it's worked. There's something. Elvis <laughs> oh, yeah. Costello would dig us out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting there. <laughs> All right. That'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Kim Walker Smith. What child is this who lay to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? While shepherds watch our keeping This, this is Christ the King Whom shepherds guard and angels sing Haste, haste to bring Him praise The babe, the son of To what child is this uh, by the Modern Post, Dustin Kintry's uh, yeah. band? Uh, so Christmas is upon us in six days or so, yep. depending on when you listen to this. Uh, we thought it'd be fun uh, during the holiday season to have some of our favorite artists come through the studio and play Christmas music for mm-hmm. us. So over the last couple months, as artists would come through, we'd say, hey, got any Christmas music too? <laughs> and uh, they would uh, lay down some stuff that you guys haven't heard yet. So yeah. over the next couple episodes, you'll be hearing a lot of those performances here on the show. And they are all included with a lot of other amazing music on our new Christmas collection, uh, A Very Relevant Christmas Volume 5. Out now. Kicking it off uh, is Kim Walker-Smith, one of our favorite vocalists. Yeah. I mean, she's the Christian Adele? Yeah, I'd say. <laughs> 
even a little smokier, even better. I, I like it. It's great. Her voice is amazing. Unreal. She has a great Christmas album out now called When Christmas Comes. And uh, when she came by the studio, she performed Oh Holy Night for us. Without any further ado, here is Kim Walker-Smith. This song is Oh Holy Night, and it's on my Christmas record, When Christmas Comes. And I I chose this song partly because it's one of my personal favorite Christmas songs. Um, but also, I have really fond memories of this song, um, Jesus Culture. We we planted a church a year ago, um, maybe just over a year ago. And before that, the church that we were at, our, our home church, every single year at Christmas time, our pastor would ask me to sing this song. And I've done, I don't know how many different versions of this song, but um, it's just a special memory for me and something that I always looked forward to every year. So naturally I, I had to include that song. So happy to do it today. The stars are brightly shining It is the night of our dear Savior's birth Long lay the world in sin and error pining Till He appeared and the soul felt its worth a thrill of hope the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn Rejoices for yonder breaks 
a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees, oh hear the angel voices, oh night divine. That was Kim Walker-Smith. You can find her new album, When Christmas Comes, anywhere music is sold or streamed. Up next, we talk with Johnny Moore. Listening to Citizens and Saints, the song is Come and Stand Amazed. Well, Johnny Moore is a best selling author and humanitarian. He's the founder of the Cradle Fund, a nonprofit organization focused on providing immediate humanitarian assistance for the rescue, restoration, and return of displaced Christians to practice their faith free from fear. He's an expert in ISIS. He has a new book out called Defying ISIS, and he actually wrote a, a jaw dropping article about ISIS in a recent issue of Relevant. So when the Paris attacks and Beirut attacks happened last week, we thought nobody better uh, to come on and uh, help us kind of navigate these waters. Our very own Eddie Koffeltz recently spoke to him. Here is Johnny Moore. Well, I'm grateful that you're here and on uh, such short notice spending time with us because there has been a lot happening in the last weeks. Well, there's been a lot happening in the last years, but I think that uh, we have been particularly startled by the events of Paris. And um, 
obviously that was a, an ISIS attack. I'm curious for you, when you heard the news, did you know right away that it was being an expert in this area? That did you know it was ISIS? Did you have a feeling about that? No, I knew immediately. J- just by the way, like I knew immediately when that Russian plane crashed in the Sinai, uh, that it was ISIS. I mean, th- this terrorist group has been open from the very beginning, not only about their desire to do these types of attacks, but they have clearly exhibited they have the capability of doing it. And there have been dozens of them in, in, in the last year. It's just that the news cycle moves so quickly, you know, we, we forget that it wasn't that long ago when we saw this again. And so, yeah, for, for me, it wasn't even a sneaky suspicion. It was, here we go again, they got us. And you knew that they would be claiming responsibility soon. Yeah, and, and I knew it would be a very small group of people. You know, that, that's what's remarkable about Paris. I mean, this is, you know, a, a, a no more than a dozen people, seven or eight people that were actively involved in the attack. It cost them less than $10,000 to do the attack. Wow. And they totally destroyed a, a gigantic and important peaceful city, killing 130 people and injuring hundreds and hundreds more and, and caused this fear to grip the the entire world. You know, I, I don't live far from LAX. And, and I was uh, fly, flying in uh, later that evening from from Dallas, and every single person I talked to um, was concerned about safety. You know, which was uh, there was no threat to any planes going into LAX, but it just shows how much fear uh, ISIS is able to instill in us with a with one single attack in one single place. Let's rewind. What is ISIS? <laughs> What, who are these people, and why are they so militant? Well, they're not, they're not new. You know, first of all, they're, they're the latest incarnation of uh, what, what began as al-Qaeda in Iraq. So this is the same group that years and years and years ago was beheading people in Iraq. It's you know, Al-Zar Kawi's group, and it's gone through various uh, iterations, which, which you know, we could talk about for three or four hours. But their tactics haven't changed. And what has changed is in the immediate aftermath of the a withdrawal of American troops in Iraq, coupled with the deteriorating situation in Syria, this group was able to gather more power than they ever had before. And they are um, they are both entirely religious and entirely political. They are absolutely driven by ideology, and the ideology is an apocalyptic one. That's why it's so easy for them to kill themselves. And they now occupy one piece of land larger than the UK between Iraq and Syria. They have influence in at least 30 other countries, and they have the ability to do what no other terrorist organization in modern history has been able to do. They're more well-funded, they're more organized, they're more technologically astute, and I'm afraid that uh, we're just seeing the beginning of what they're capable of doing. So there has been just a there is a massive conversation that we're in the middle of right now where there are these Syrian refugees making their way uh, essentially into the globe and um, and um, America specifically is there's a ton of ideology floating around from Texas governor saying, you know, we won't let these people in our borders. Tell me what you make of a Syrian refugee and are they safe and should we be allowing them in the United States? Tell me where you land with this. Well, the, the truth is, is that, you know, those of us that are on the ground and I, I've been to Europe you know, five, five or six times in the last several months. You know, I, I'm right now about to facilitate the evacuation of 150 Christians from from uh, um, from the Middle East into Slovakia. We're funding the whole thing to start their new lives. 
you know, I, I can tell you that it's all true. It's all true. It, what, what the farthest right wing believes, what the farthest left wing believes, what both political parties are saying, it, it's all true. And, you know, what, one of the things that I find uh, alarming on both the right and the left is that we, we are so unable to find the center. You know, and and my my position, you know, has been when, when we saw how effectively ISIS was able to leverage the, the refugee crisis. I mean, just stop and think about this. It, it took 30 days between the opening of of European borders and seven guys blowing themselves up in, in Paris. And we don't know if they all, you know, were, were refugees. In fact, we know they weren't. We know the majority of them were already within Europe, but we know at least one of them was. And so that ought to rightly cause the world to take a deep breath and to take a pause and to think about, you know, what we're doing. And and so my, my position is, is that we ought to, it is totally reasonable and appropriate for government leaders to say, we're going to press pause on, on Syrian refugees entering into the country, but it's only appropriate if they do it with a deadline. So they say, you know, we're going to take the next 30 or 45 days to analyze our system, make sure our vetting is up to par, make sure, by the way, that we're also getting people here quickly enough, you know, because it's taking 18 to 24 months even to get the people that are approved here, and that's also unreasonable. And so, you know, I, I have the position that it is totally reasonable and appropriate to press pause Okay. And to only make an exception uh, in, in the interim for those who face a particular threat, you know, like Christians, like other religious minorities, because that's what the UN Declaration of Human Rights says, that's what the Convention of Genocide says, that's the official State Department policy. You know, we, we do provide special treatment to those who face a special, a special threat. And so, you know, I, I just think it's all true. I, I think we need to, uh, we need to evaluate our vetting process and to, uh, press a pause button with a deadline and only make exceptions for those who clearly are in ISIS. And, and, and by the way, you know, the United States of America really needs to untether itself from, from the United Nations when it, when it comes to all of this processing. Because yeah, the, the United Nations controls the door into the referrals as to who should come here. And I, I think the United States ought to, ought to be involved in the very, very beginning and let the UN play its role with countries that don't have the capability of vetting for themselves and taking care of folks and facilitating resettlement themselves. On Facebook, I am seeing a ideological war happening between my friends who are believers that are all over the map on this. And it seems like there is not a uh, even anything close to a consensus on what is happening, what should be done, how we should be viewing this as believers. I know that you give a lot of thought to this. Could you respond to that and and kind of give a, give some, some clarity and wisdom to the, the evangelical Western American church? Yeah, you know, I, I think that uh, there really is an attempt, um, inadvertent or otherwise, you know, to, to divide Christians on the issue of, of refugees into this country. The, the, those on one side that are 100% security focused and those on the other side that are 100% compassion focused. And I just think it's really, really important that we don't let people divide us wherever we are on that on that line and that we um, we, we uh, don't get pulled into the controversy and the conflict and that we just get busy about doing the good that we can do. And the truth is, is that both concerns are true. We have to make sure that this country is secure and we have to make sure that we are abundantly uh, compassionate. And so, you know, we whatever we do, wherever we are on, on this present controversy, we can't let people divide us. We have to stand together. We can't let the rhetoric um, spiral out of control. And we need to make sure that 
that we are, if we're on one side of the issue, that we're intentionally reaching out to the other side and thinking about the other side. And, and what will end up happening is we'll all meet in the middle and realize that we were actually all saying the same thing. We just weren't talking to each other. That was Johnny Moore. If you want to learn more, his book, Defying Isis, is out now. And you can find it at defyingisis.com. Listening to Hoyle, the song is Long Winters. One of our exclusive tracks. Ooh. Yeah. There you go. Well, last week's podcast featured a uh, couple of songs performed in our studio by Andy Squires. Uh, a couple of worship songs. They yeah. were great. Amazing. Uh, when he was here, we asked him uh, to uh, lay down a Christmas song as well mm-hmm. uh, for the album. And he did an original song called Here is Wisdom. Um, it's fantastic, and so we got a little antsy and wanted to play it on this week's show. You know, <laughs> yeah. just the continuity of back to back Andy two Squires, parts, just boom, boom. There it is. Yeah. Without any further ado, here is Andy Squires. Well, I think the world's greatest Christmas music comes from Charlie Brown. So I wanted to write a Charlie Brown Christmas song, and so when I think of this song, um, this is called "Here Is Wisdom." When I think of this song, I just think of a Charlie Brown kids choir singing this song. And so um, here you go. Simplicity 
Is Andy Squires. His album Cherry Blossoms is out now, and you can find this song on the brand new A Very Relevant Christmas, Volume 5. Listening to the brilliance <laughs> song is Christ the Lord is Born. What's that about? Uh, <laughs> the brilliance, also known as uh, the other Gunger. Uh, yeah, the OG. Right. OG. Yeah. Uh, it's time for your feedback. Um, uh, corrections and apologies. Um, do we have corrections and apologies this week? I feel like we offended somebody last week. I'm, you know what? I'm going to relinquish responsibility. I'm not going to apologize. Okay. You want to do the same? <laughs> Who's with me? Who doesn't <laughs> care? Just, well, just blame someone else. Someone okay. else did it. I don't know what we're not apologizing for, but I'm with you. It was the Bad Christian Podcast. Classic Jesse. Yeah. Uh, Jesse. All right. It's time for your uh, feedback. Last week's question of the week, we asked you, what TV shows or clips would you like to see on a relevant TV network? If relevant TV was to get into the video game uh, more... Uh, living room-esque. What shows should fill the schedule? You guys had a lot of suggestions, um, which, of course, we're going to probably greenlight all of them. But uh, you hit mm-hmm. us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast, and you posted on the podcast episode page at RelevantMagazine.com. Here are a few of our favorites. Daniel P. Lewis sent a few over, but the best one by far is The Young Joy Chronicles. <laughs> Starring Joy, but with Eddie's Young Joy voice dubbed over Joyce. <laughs> oh, I would love it's a lot that. Of post, a lot of post-production, seemingly unnecessary Nope, yeah. totally necessary. Totally. <laughs> yeah. I like what Jessica said. She said, members of the relevant team train in the UFC style fighting, and each episode follows the two that are going to spar that week in their training up to the fight. You know, oh. kind of like American Idol does the flashback or whatever. Yeah. Bonus, each fighter represents an extra bit while in the ring to see which is better, i.e., Joy fights for the vengeance of those who have feared for their life on a Craigslist visit. <laughs> and as always, Cameron is the referee. <laughs> as always. Casey Lewis said, Cameron, Eddie, and John Acuff make a stuff Christians like TV show uh, shot in the modern family office style. I think oh. I think I would offend a lot of people. Plus, I don't think John needs our help. But I, uh, <laughs> still a good idea, Casey. Green light. Green light. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I love this one. Drew Wilkinson says, America's 
Georgia's next top choir. Uh, it's in the voice style format. So Joy, Jesse, Jeremiah are the coaches, and Cameron is the host slash referee. Right. And the coaches pick a select few church choirs to join their team, and the winner of the contest gets to be the choir in Eddie's next concert. The twist mm-hmm. is that no one knows where Eddie will put the capo. A true test of fast thinking <laughs> and vocal endurance. <laughs> I would watch that. Oh, um, who hurt you with Joy and I? Hundred <laughs> percent man on the street awkwardness. Just an hour of us. Didn't, didn't when Jesse and you went around Lollapalooza last summer and do man on the street? Didn't you guys ask people oh, who yeah. hurt you? I, I, I Je- seen... Jesse was cowering in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I think we. You know, we see or hear, you know, Jesse on the podcast when he gets a little bit uncomfortable. I saw it in the flesh. He just hated it when I would try to go deeper with people. He'd be like, okay, well, thanks for your time. And I'm like, so what? (laughs) He just kept trying to leave. Oh, man. Oh, it's amazing. I hate to keep bringing up ones that have me in it, uh, but I love me. Um, (laughs) Relevant TV presents Eddie's Outlawed Heroes. Uh, This was Lee Tucker. Uh, People try to rile Eddie up by falsely labeling them heroes. Uh, I like that idea. I love love the idea of a short video series called Sporting with Tiffany. (laughs) (laughs) That was Brandon Smith's idea, and it's a good one. You know what I would love is to just put her in cold, like, but a sideline interview. Just right, like see, like she, the coach is walking by, and just see what she figures kinda, out. I like the idea of of the sporting with Tiffany, but we she doesn't know what the challenge will be that week. Like she shows uh-huh. up, and oh. we've got a new thing that she has to participate. in. Oh, she has to do the sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I would watch oh. that. That would be great. Well, that'll do it for your feedback. There's a lot more, and we want to keep it going. Uh, so you can join in on the podcast episode page and uh, Twitter. It's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Hey. Well, it's the week. Of Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. we, you're primed and loaded with your new relevant Christmas album. Yeah, but prior Park. to being able to listen to that, we have Thanksgiving. Sure, mm-hmm. it's a tough time for a lot of people right now. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of anger. Uh, there's a lot of just tension in the world. Mm-hmm. And there's a moment right now for family and gratefulness, gratitude that uh, is important. And so we thought on the show this week's editorial question of the week, we'd ask you, what are you thankful for? Love it. Yeah. Simple question. We've been asked, asking our kids that. Let's talk about it. What are you thankful for? What are you thankful that for? That I can't wait to read next week. That'll be what fun. are you thankful for, Eddie? I'm thankful for, and then I would just, uh, right there, I would just put in laughing face with tears. Laughter. Just right there. You're, you're, ha- you're thankful for people la- uh, responding with that to your jokes. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, res- I'm thankful for my own humor. <laughs> uh, thankful for Burt Bacharach? Yeah, Burt Bacharach. <laughs> I am really, I mean, it's hard to think of anything other than, you know, Brigan and even Lucy that I'm really thankful for, but I'm thankful for a lot of things. I'm thankful that I get to uh, write. I've always wanted to write. I'm still yeah. really thankful that I get to like write a thing and submit it to an editor and a bunch of people read it. It's still a completely crazy thing to me. And I'm really aware of it today because it's like when I'm brewing on this computer, a bunch of people will. And then that's that even the the columns that you would deem like didn't connect or, right. you know, whatever. Still, when you look at the number, right. it's more individuals engaging with that content than a packed mega church. Yeah, it's it's really... Uh, and that's the failed ones. It's funny. And then the ones that blow up are stadiums upon stadiums upon stadiums of packed people listening to it, your words. It is really crazy. And so I think I'm thankful for the chance to have that conversation. But it is crazy. I mean, thousands and thousands yeah. and thousands. Yeah, the, the numbers are weir- I, weird when you start realizing it's people. I cannot wrap my head around the number of people that even have, like, a lame article that I write, <laughs> you know, or one that just doesn't connect, like you said. I think when I look back at this year, I'll remember making memories with my son. Oh, like, yeah. Like, 
some you guys have had an awesome year. Unforgettable moments, yeah. uh, dad kid moments, and uh, he's he turned six this year, so he's going from preschooler to boy real person to to like now there are lessons there's things that i as your dad get to teach you that you could carry for the rest of your life you know i mean there's that kind of careful really yeah no i mean there's that kind of weight to it that like if i am a if i may if i handle things poorly that will impact him if i handle things well that will impact him and you living with that intentionality i'm just grateful that there's something in my life that makes me have to live more intentionally and not about me, yeah, you know, yeah. surrounding, putting yourself in situations where you're not comfortable and it's not easy is good, yeah. you know, humbling and being a dad is stretching yeah. and humbling and important. I like this yeah. question. I'm yeah. glad we get to, yeah, I'm glad we get good. to read these answers and people can feel free to do silly stuff too, but I, <laughs> I'm, I'm really curious to hear what people oh, are they will. Yeah. We know our listeners. Thankful for Snake Dragon, Snake Dragon. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> They're all very, very funny. We get it. Yeah, we get it. Where is Jesse? The show isn't the same without Jesse. Jesse's the core of the show. How could you? Oh, we know. When was the last time he wasn't on it? Yeah, yeah. we yeah. feel the same way. This was a mistake. We ma- <laughs> what are we going to do? We did not schedule this. Yeah. We tried to reach out to Jesse's family to schedule this for at least a Thursday, but apparently... That did not work for them. <laughs> That's funny. So here we uh, are. All right. Well, thanks to our, our sponsor, Parachute. Remember to go to parachutehome.com slash relevant, and Parachute will give you free shipping on your first order. Um, Do they have beautiful lavender sheets? <sighs> Asking for a friend. <laughs> Just beautiful lavender color I and scented. I haven't browsed the full extent of their catalog, so I can't answer I want to get some of those sheets. That seems like a good thing. I know. The long staple Egyptian yeah. comet. The I fact know. that they put in the term long staple there's something there that i want to know because sheets are such a dilemma you know because you start to feel like the little like uh what are those little rolly ball things yeah i don't like them but then you're like okay well how when do i jump out and get all new sheets because that's like quite an investment yeah you know it's i mean go down target like impulse buy it's like a hundred bucks for for the decent sheets you get the dorm sheets for 30 yeah nobody wants nobody wants those no 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 except unless i mean you're in college dorm yeah that's what they're for i'm a grown man i need to sleep on a long form egyptian cotton or whatever a long staple (laughs) sorry egyptian cotton that's see that's made in an old uh mill in tuscany tuscany <laughs> you don't want that, you don't want that Venetian long staple. Had, see, that's the problem. I have a Venetian long staple right now, and it's literally like I am sleeping on burlap with little <laughs> tiny ants biting me all night. They're the worst it's, sheets it's, of my it's, life. It really, you got to hold out for the Tuscan, the yeah. Tuscan long staple Egyptian cotton under the Tuscan sun. My favorite. ParachuteHome.com/slash/relevant. <laughs> and thanks, thanks to our guests, uh, Kim Walker Smith. The album is called When Christmas Comes, and it's out now. You can follow her on Twitter at Kim Walker Smith, no hyphen. Uh, Andy Squires. <laughs> it's uh, actually, but don't type no hyphen. Just know that there's not a hyphen. Right. I'm, right. I'm informing though you. She, though she should buy that. I'm informing you parenthetically. There's <laughs> right. no hyphen to that Twitter Kim name. Walker Smith, no hyphen.com. <laughs> she should own that. We should give that to her as an $8 Christmas gift. <laughs> Andy Squires' new album is called Cherry Blossoms, and you can find out more at andysquires.com. Johnny Moore's book is called Defying Isis, and it's out now. And uh, to find out more, go to defyingisis.com. Yeah. It's an important conversation that he's leading, and this guy is over there all the time. And he's on the front lines and he's working behind the scenes with global leaders and church leaders. And this guy is an important figure in the Christian response to ISIS. I'm grateful Mm -hmm. he was on the show. This is, I guess, his second time. Second time I've gotten to speak with Mm -hmm. him. I'm just always glad because it's such a confusing situation. It's helpful to have someone that really has studied it and has a good perspective. So yay for him. 
Subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash relevant for video extracts of the show and videos of the music performances. Also, get the magazine. Uh, you can subscribe at relevantmagazine.com. Uh, if it's only a buck a month, it makes a great Christmas present. And uh, If you don't want to go out for Black Friday, just go over to the website and just load up your cart with the gifts. So easy. So easy. And uh, when you go, when you're at the site, go over to the drop and uh, download a very relevant Christmas volume five. It's out now. Tell your friends, share it, tweet it, give it yes. away. And parentheses just say better than Chad's. Last, w- hey, here, here's the true measure. Here's the true measure. Last, last year's yeah. Christmas album was downloaded, downloaded 65,000 times. If we can oh. get 6501, that's all You'll I know want. It's better than Chad. That's what I'm saying. The numerical. Sorry, Chad. That's how we'll judge it then. That's how we'll judge it. All if, right. if, how long in a we, month. In a month. We have a month. Yeah, okay. we have a month. We okay. take it down. We yeah. take it down on December 26th. Okay. So you have one month. Friends. Again. I'm not helping <laughs> got, you out. I've got eight friends who are going to download it repeatedly, <laughs> and they're all related to me. Yep. Yep. <laughs> all right. There you go. All right. On that note, we will wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Eddie. No hyphen couple. <laughs> I'm Jeremiah Dunlap. <laughs> I'm Tyler Huckabee. I'm Joy Agrich. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Connect with us on Twitter, at Relevant Podcast, and get bonus material from this episode and more at the podcast section on relevantmagazine.com. And don't forget to check the magazine out. It's available on newsstands and at the iTunes App Store, or you can subscribe online at relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. Relevant.